Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. It is so good to have you with us. We have a special treat this morning. And that is, uh, we have one of the best children's pastors around. Amen? You seem like you doubt what I just said. Thank you, Jeremy. You are welcome. I'm just going to do a little fun pre-lesson for the children this morning. And the adults, those of you that are child heart, okay? All right, so we're talking about giving, right, these next couple weeks. And so we're going to talk... I'm just going to read one Bible verse, but it's a really cool one, and it's found in Malachi. Am I okay with this mic? It's feedback. I'm going to fall. Never mind. All right. Malachi. So anytime I read from the book of Bible, back in Real Kids, I tell the kids where it's at. Okay? So Malachi is the very last book in the Old Testament. It's right before the New Testament, which is where you find Malachi. And Malachi 3, verse 10 says this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And listen to this. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will not be enough room to store it. And this is a promise of God. He's saying, bring your tithe to me and just watch what's going to happen. In that last song, we were just talking about God's faithfulness. And faithfulness is a word that we don't necessarily use all the time. But faithfulness means that God is not ever going to break his promises. That he's always going to do what he says and then some. So that's what this verse is saying is, I'm going to do what I say and then some. I'm going to say this last part of the verse one more time. See, if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will be no room, not enough room to store it. All right, kids? So I need three volunteers real quick. Come on, girl. You all three want to come? You don't have to come, Peyton. Look at that face. You don't have to come. All right, Sydney and Sophia, you can come up. I just need your help with something real quick, okay? So each of you take a piece of paper. Carter or Laney, do either of you guys want to come up here? I just need one of you. Oh, ew. All right, take some scissors for me. Okay, bud, stand on this side of me, please. Okay. All right, so we're going to do some math, okay? So right now for this object lesson, we're going to pretend that I am God. I am not God. This is pretending, okay? Okay, all right, just make that clear. I am a person, and I make mistakes all the time. Okay. So how many corners are currently on your piece of paper? There's four corners. Okay, so I need you to cut off a corner for me and, and hand it to me. You're giving a corner of your paper to God. Yes, to me representing God, I am not him. Yes, I know. Okay. All right. So now how many corners are on your paper? Five. No, you're right. 
Okay, now cut another corner and give it to me. Thank you. How many corners are on your paper now? Six corners. Cut another corner for me. Awesome. Now how many corners? Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right. Seven corners. Cool. Do you have any more? Yeah, cut one more for me. Twink. Now eight. Eight corners. Any idea where I'm going with this? No clue. How many corners did you start off with on your paper? What happened when you gave a corner of your paper to God? We got one more. You got more. When you gave to God, you got more. So this piece of paper, thank you guys. Y'all can be seated, but leave the scissors. Okay? So this, this represents, if we're giving to God... We can't outgive God. Okay, so when you give him a corner of your paper, when you give him a part of you, he's going to multiply it. Isn't he? Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will not be enough room to store it. Our God is faithful when we give he will give back in abundance. Okay. Our children's pastor may not be God, but she is amazing. So it is good. It is so good to be together with all of you today. Um, We look forward to this every week. In fact, we set the rhythm of our life around what happens on Sunday mornings. And so welcome to all of you who are here today, um, whether this is your first time or whether this is, you've lost track of how many times it is. It's just exciting that you are here. Um, We are continuing a series that we call Funding the the Kingdom. And uh, it's a series that is always a touchy subject for pastors because it's hard to, to stand up here or sit up here and to deliver a message that oftentimes is really touchy, um, but not have a chance to unpack it with each and every person. Because we all bring our own narrative, our own stories to the table. And when we do that, uh, sometimes we have a hard time filtering the message through those experiences. And so I would love, you know, Christian, I would love just to, you know, fill our week with uh, meetings with each and every one of you, just to talk and hear and share and, and dream with you. Uh, so please hear our heart here. You know, this is not a, a message series because we want more money. This is a message series that talks about money because it is one of the primary ways that God speaks about a relationship with him. Uh, there are uh, almost three uh, times in scripture that God talks about finances for every day of the year which to me would suggest... It's kind of an important message. And God has something to say about it. Yeah. So last week... Um, I'm not praying. Go ahead. Okay. 
Um, before we get started, I promised a friend that we would do something this morning, and so we're going to stop real quick and do this. Uh, we have a good friend who uh, has been in youth ministry for almost 20 years, and he just stepped into the role of senior pastor last Sunday. Um, but his body is warring against him. Um, his heart rate, his resting heart rate has been 220 several times over the last couple of weeks. And so he is about to, he's been referred to the University of Michigan to undergo some, some to see some specialists and try and get to the bottom of what's going on in his body. So stepping into the role of a senior pastor is a big deal. Um, and this is a very large church that he stepped into this role as. And so not only does he have these pressures, but he has this stuff going on in his body. So I just said, Trav, we're going to stop and pray for you tomorrow morning. So let's pray real quick. Lord Jesus, we come before you right now, and we lift up Travis Myers to you. We pray that as he stands in his pulpit this morning, that you would give him the strength that he needs um, to preach the word. God, that you would give him um, all that he needs, equip him as, as he steps into this no, new role in leadership. But Lord Jesus, I pray that, um, that you would give wisdom and guidance and put exactly the right doctors in his life so that he can receive the treatment and the help that he needs. God, because you're not done with him. Um, you're just starting um, a new journey. And I just pray that he would be here for years to come and that you would touch his body. Be with Jesse. Be with their kids as they support him um, in all that's going on. And be with us in these next few moments. Um, your words, not ours. Amen. Amen. So just quick overview. Uh, what we do with time, talent, and treasure uh, and testimony that God has given to us is important. It's one of the ways in which we worship. It's one of the ways in which we give back to God that which has been given to us, entrusted to us for a season. God wants us to steward well the resources uh, that have been trusted to us. So we're talking about money, right? but we're talking about time, we're talking about talent, and we're talking about testimony. Exactly. Um, so think about these things uh, because they are, all are, they are all connected. They're all tied together uh, because uh, these are all, all resources given to us for a season. Um, we, as we have been in ministry for over 20 years now, we have just seen the narrative of generosity played out in people's lives. Uh, blessings over and over and over again. And you had some blessings, stories, narratives that, that you wanted to share? Um, well, one, ask your teenagers. We were a blubbering mess on them last Sunday night as we began to share just different things that God has done in our lives. But one of the things I think as we think about blessings, I think sometimes our first reaction is to think that blessings come in the form of money. And I think blessings don't always come that way. Um, as I left last Sunday and I was, I was processing and, and thinking on the sermon a little bit, one of the things I, that came to my mind was um, sometimes blessings are weird, right? Like you don't see that it's a blessing until it's over and done with. And then you look back and you go, wow, that was a huge blessing. Um, one of those blessings came in 2016 for me. Um, it was a conversation that happened with my dad. And we sat down with my dad, and the doctors had said to my dad, you either need to lose weight or you're going to die. And you're all thinking, wait, didn't your dad die? But he did, so hold on. Um, so my, we sat down with my dad at the end of that conversation, and we said, Dad, we, um, I want you around. I said, I want you around in my life longer. And I said, and your grandkids want grandpa in their lives longer. 
And I said, so I want you to do this. We had given him an option of something to do. I want you to try this. We're going to support you in this. We're going to cheer you in this. I, want, I would like you to do this. I know that 100 pounds is huge, um, but I think that you can do it. And so I remember the process. Um, my dad lost 100 pounds in just over a year. Um, that was 2016. Now, January of 2018, we sat down with the doctors. And the doctor said, um, you have six months left to live. Now, two years ago in 2016, the doctor said, if you don't lose this weight, you will die within six months. January of 2018, you have six months to live. Almost exactly six months later, on August 2nd, my dad passed away. But the blessing is that I got two and a half years with my dad that I wouldn't have had. So sometimes blessings come in really weird ways, right? Like that's not, you're like, oh, but he died. Yeah, he did. But I got more time with him than I would have had. So that was God blessing me with the gift of time with my dad. And because I knew that inevitably the end was probably coming for him, we savored moments with him in the process. Um, we sat down and had conversations with him that we might not have had otherwise. We had some really weird conversations. We asked him about things. We asked him to tell us stories of, you know, meeting my mom and tell me about that first night. What were you thinking? What were you feeling? Um, things that we might not have sat down and had, conversations. Conversations about, tell me about your funeral. What do you want? That is a conversation every kid hates to have. But it's an important conversation to have. Um, and so the gift of time, that was a huge blessing. Okay. I guess we could say that blessings are things that happen in our life that impact them in positive ways. Yeah. Um, so that can be finances, it can be time. I shared with the teens Sunday night about a dream that I had recently um, with my grandfather who was in it. And it was in that dream where I hear, heard my grandfather say to me, I love you. And I, I never remember my grandfather saying he loved me. I knew without a shadow of a doubt that he did, but that was a moment where I think I was subconsciously just wrestling with some things and that was a blessing to me. So we need to think about the ways in which our lives are changed for the positive. And oftentimes, especially when God's involved, it comes from outside of our own ability. Our own, mm -hmm. our, we can't do what ha has happened. Right. And so um, now someone, God... Well, someone just shared about how groceries showed up on their doorstep yeah. recently. Um, and then had another one say that I was given a gift certificate to go get groceries. Um, and so those provisions in ways that you know, it was a struggle at that time, but God said, here's, here's this gift. But what about those who would say that's just a coincidence? That's not a coincidence. Yeah, I don't know that I buy into coincidences because I've just seen how intricate these coincidences can be, and they hit us so perfectly. It's, it's more than just about chance. Having three kids, I remember a couple of years ago, Jeremy and I were sitting down, you know, you look at the budget and you have three kids and you go, okay, I've got to, I've got to buy winter coats for three, well, we lived in Michigan, we had to buy winter <laughs> coats, okay. So, and you had to buy snow pants and everything else to go with it in Michigan, but we, I remember sitting down thinking, we've got to buy these things and there is no money in the budget to buy these extra things. God, you've got to provide this for us because I don't know where this money's going to come from to get these things. And that next week we showed up at church and a lady handed Jeremy something and she said, here, I want you to use this for whatever you and Christy need. All of our kids got new coats because of God's faithfulness. Yeah. You know, that is the narrative of the kingdom of God. Um, God's resources employed by God to meet the needs as God sees fit. Right. 
sometimes we don't get what we think we need. <laughs> and that's hard because we so passionately believe we, we should have this. And a lot of times it's good stuff. Like, yeah, legitimately, you, you do deserve that. But sometimes we fail to see how God has a better plan than the, what even we can come up with. As we look at the, the, the story of God, as we look at the kingdom of God, when it comes to people, there's four things that come to my mind that I think we all need to think about. One, kingdom people are faithful people. We've sung about the faithfulness of God already this morning. But when God works in us, we become faithful people. We, uh, kingdom people are surrendered people. People who are able to say, not my will, but your will be done. Uh, people who say, you know what? I know that I want God's more than I want mine. So we're a surrendered people. Kingdom people are a generous people because they recognize that their God is a generous God. And so we want to be like that God. We want the generous God to work through us. Right. And kingdom people are partners in ministry. We all get to put our pieces of the puzzle together to create a masterpiece. So think about those things. Kingdom people are faithful people, surrendered people, generous people, and partners in ministry. I want to share with you just a, a couple stories that I think are, are important for us to understand. In Exodus chapter 36, uh, the story goes that God has instructed the people to build a, a tabernacle, basically a tent uh, of meeting. And this is one of my favorite parts of this, of this story. In Exodus 36, 1 through 7, we read, the Lord has gifted Bezalel, Ohaliab, and the other skilled craftsmen with wisdom and ability to perform any task involved in building the sanctuary. Let them construct and furnish the tabernacle just as the Lord has commanded. So get that. That's an important piece. As the Lord has commanded. So Moses summoned Bezalel and Oh, oh yeah. And uh, see? It, yeah. And uh, all the others who were specifically gifted by the Lord and were eager to get to work. Um, people specifically gifted by God and were eager to get to work. Can we say that of ourselves? Moses gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. But, and this is, this is the key here. So, so they had given, Moses had given that to the craftsmen, but the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. So it's not just like once a week, you know, the plate was passed, the, the joy baskets, thank you, um, were, were offered. No, every morning, the people continued to bring additional gifts. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work. They went to Moses and reported, the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord commanded us to do. Amen. Remember, the Lord is integral here. It's what the Lord has commanded. The people have given generously so Moses gave the command, and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. Amen. Oh, I love that story. I love that story because I would have loved to have been in Moses' shoes. When, uh, the, no when, the, when the people doing ministry came to him and say, uh, we've got too much. What, what are we going to do? Um, I would have just laughed, and I would have said, well, maybe we need a bigger vision. Now, I, I, I say that, but 
here, God instructed them very clearly on what to do. Right. And the people gave because they were all in. Yeah. Um, my thought is, well, let's just make the tabernacle bigger. Bigger. That's not what Moses said. He said, no, we're going to finish the instructions the Lord has given us. Do we know, people of God, do we know what God is instructing us to do? That's right. Here's another one. Let's flip over to 2 Samuel. This is another one of my favorite um, passages of Scripture. Uh, King David is looking to build the temple. He's looking for a place to build the temple. And he uh, searches far and wide. He finds this place. Let me read you the story. That day, Gad came to David and said to him, Go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arun of Jebusite. So David went up to do what the Lord had commanded. Huh. I feel like this is a recurring theme. As the Lord has commanded. Um, so David, uh, when Aruna saw the king and his men coming towards him, he came and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Why have you come, my lord the king? Aruna asked. David replied, I have come to buy your threshing floor to build an altar to the Lord there so that he will stop the plague. So there was a purpose. God commanded. David was faithful because he recognized God wanted to do something in their midst. So Aruna says this, take it, my lord the king, and use it as you wish. That's generosity, fullness, right? Aruna said this to David, here are oxen for the burnt offerings, and you can use the threshing boards and ox yokes for wood to build a fire on the altar. I will give it all to you, your majesty, and may the Lord your God accept your sacrifice. But the king replied to Aruna, hear this, folks. No, I insist on buying it. For I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. The king could have taken it. Right. Probably any one of us would have said, oh, well, thanks for your generosity. I'll take it. But David understood that if he was going to give something to God, it had to cost him something. Mm. It wasn't David pulling out his pocketbook, and this may meddle a little bit, saying, well, I don't have anything left to give God. That's when David dug deeper and said, I'm going to find something. It's going to cost me something. Right. And this week, we, in my email to you again, I talked about another story in the Bible in, the sto- in Mark, which was in our reading this week, and it talks about the widow's might and the, the small offering, you know, the widow that gave her two pennies. It's all that she had. All these other guys had come in and given these great lavish offerings, and, and she gave all that she had, her two pennies, her two coins left, and, and gave that, and God said, this is greater than anyone else because she gave from she gave all that she had she it was a generous sacrifice and I was thinking about another situation that we have experienced and that was we took a group of teenagers to the Bahamas on a mission trip I know it sounds like a rough mission trip right but we did um, we were not on the pretty part of the island um, and so we were working at a pastor's home and in that pastor's home um, we were painting and we were doing yard work and different things and the teens were inside and they were painting. And one of the projects was they had to take everything out of the kitchen cabinets and clean them um, and wipe them down. And I remember, now, you take anyone to a new culture, and it's a challenge, right? But you take a group of teenagers to a new culture, and it's a whole different level of new challenge because they don't always have the filters. No offense to my teens back there and, and around here, but they don't always have the filter that adults have. And so... 
I can see that something is happening as they're opening the cabinets of this kitchen. And they're looking in there, and I, they're coming over. They're like literally sneaking around the back going, Christy, Christy, come to the kitchen. And I'm like, what? Like I'm on some other project, and I come into the kitchen, and they're like, there's bugs crawling on all the food in the cabinets. And they're literally like totally grossed out because here's literally cockroaches running over all of the dishes, over all of the food. They're covered. And they're like, what do we do? And I was like, well, we pull it out. We clean the cabinets out. And they're like, okay. So they're pulling stuff out. Bless their hearts. They were working. They worked hard that day. They pull everything out of the cabinets. Well, in the process of painting, we had to move the refrigerator. And in moving the refrigerator, we realized that those same cockroaches that were crawling on the food had eaten the back of the refrigerator out and were crawling on everything in the refrigerator. Sounds like a fridge you want to dig into, doesn't it? Right? So we... We leave the, that day. We finish our project. We finish painting. We get back. We have our like debrief meeting at the end of the night. And we're sitting around and we're, we're praying over the day. And one of the kids goes, I can't handle it. And I was like, what? And they're like, he can't have a refrigerator like that. They're like, we, we got to do something about that. And okay, we have so much limited funds that we've brought on this trip, right, to do the exact things that we set out to do. And we're like, well, we don't have to go to Sam's Club in the Bahamas, we don't have necessarily money to go buy a whole refrigerator and then stock it with new food that doesn't have cockroaches on it. And so there, he's like, we gotta do something. And he looks around at the restroom and he goes, what are we gonna do? We can't let this guy go home. We can't leave the Bahamas without giving him a new refrigerator. And pretty soon around this circle of like 25, well, I've got 20 bucks in spending money you can have. Well, I'll give you 40. Well, I'll give you 30. And they literally just start pulling out all of their spending money that they had brought to the Bahamas for this missions trip to say, here, let's buy this pastor a new refrigerator. And they, they came up with all but about $200 of what we needed. And one of the kids goes, hold on. Um, his mom was one of our leaders. And he calls home to his dad and he goes, dad, can I put the rest on the card? And his dad goes, absolutely, and make sure you fill it with more food. So the next day, we went back and we talked to the team lead that was from the Bahamas and we said, hey, our kids have come up. They want to buy a new refrigerator and food. And, and uh, rewind just a couple days, when we first got to that home, there were kids all around. And we had brought peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to eat at lunch with our kids. And these kids lined up like it was Thanksgiving dinner from the neighborhood to get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because there weren't bugs and it was fresh. And so, um, so now fast forward, we go to the, or we go to the Sam's Club, we, lit, we buy a refrigerator and all this food, and we pull up to the house, and this whole family just stood there weeping. And so we don't deserve this. And the teens are like, yes, you do. And that's what I'm talking about. That's blessing. That's, that's a group of teenagers going, here, take what I've got. Let's do something more with it. I don't have a lot in my pocket, but take it all. Yeah. Amazing. This is the kind of culture that we are just passionate about because it's, it's riddled throughout Scripture. This is who the people of God are. We are willing to sacrifice. We are willing to surrender. We're willing to give. And the thing that I keep coming back to is how do we gauge our faithfulness? Right. You know, we can say we're faithful, but what does that look like? And sometimes it's worth taking a look at our finances to say, where are we investing the resources entrusted to us? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's, it's, it's tough. 
So in giving, we have a lot of different ways, and we talk about these weekly, but we wanted to just touch base with you on this. This is one of those like awkward moments kind of thing, but we really we feel like it's important. And that is we talk about it every week, and we get a woo-hoo, but we want to, to point out the joy box that's in the backs, right? So that lid lifts up, and that's a great place to, to give. And it's not something that it's like a specific time set aside in the service. You do it whenever it works. But we've added these joy baskets in the front, right? And then we have a joy portal. I think we should start calling that. Yeah, online. Um, and it's an opportunity for you to be able to give online. Um, but we wanted to talk a little bit about that online giving this morning and and the um, what happens when you give. Yeah, so online giving has been just a huge blessing in the season of COVID. Uh, we were using it beforehand, but when people, when you all weren't here, this was a great way to, 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 to keep giving. Um, I love the portal because you can set up uh, for those of you who are on a fixed check, you know what you're going to get each week. You can just say, hey, I'm going to set this up for recurring, so it's not even a, uh, am I going to give this week or not? No, I've already decided I'm going to give. Um, you can find this uh, on the website. You can go to give, and it takes you to a link. You can set up an account. You can monitor what you're doing. You can give to specific offerings, and you can give to tithes. Um, and one of the things that we wanted to make you aware of, because we realize that some people aren't aware of this, um, is when you give... There's, this is just the nature of things. There's a fee online. that is online. There's a fee associated with it. It's a transaction fee. Um, there's no way to get 